Tone Deaf is the journey of a theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. I'm sorry for me. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the show we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. And guess what, Warren? What? It's here. It's finally here. The last. Is it St. Crispin's Day? It is St. Last Land Before Time Episodes Day. It's like my birthday and Christmas rolled into one. Thank fucking Christ. I should say, Last Land Before Time episode for now. (laughs) Uh, may may Raptor Jesus smile upon us and 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 just Armageddon the fuck out of this series because I'm oh done. Oh my hell! It's it's so I'm so done. I'm so done too. So um, let's let's get into this. Let's talk about it. Get it over with. Um, but first off, thank you all so much for listening. If you have been binging these episodes, uh get help congratulations i'm sorry for your liver (laughs) yeah sorry for your liver uh sorry for the drinking game that didn't ever happen in this episode thank fucking christ because otherwise folks would be dead with how many things get repeated and this movie would kill your liver if it's not dead already um yeah thank you all again so much for sticking with us through these i promise after our uh after our recap episode then we will be like after a recap with the condors we will be done with the land before time unless another one comes out (laughs) and pray that it won't happen um all right so let's do this released on february 2nd 2016 22 days before i had my knee surgery (laughs) straight to dvd and netflix We have the results of a long period of time between movie 13 and movie 14. (laughs) To give you an idea, Grandpa Longneck and Topsy are recast because both voice actors are dead. Littlefoot and Chomper are recast because both actors' voices have changed. And Tress McNeil didn't return for some reason. So Sarah's voice actress, Andy McAfee, had to take up both Sarah and Petrie's mother, while Ruby's voice actress, Megan Strange, voiced Ducky's mother. Braun is voiced by Scott White instead of Kiefer Sutherland, uh, as we found with the TV series, and we have two celebrity voices in this. Our first one, playing Etta the Pterosaur, is Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. Yes. That name, I, I really wish I could have a face to go with that name. Tremors. Be- Wait, 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 which one, wait, which one, wait, which, she's the wife of, uh, the prepper. <gasps> yes, that's her, f- oh, gaga. 
I, oh, yes. Okay, that was that. Oh my god! And she was also one of my favorite country musicians growing up. Like one of the few of the '90s country music singers that I actually like the voice of. She does have a nice voice. She does. I really like Reba McIntyre. Um, unfortunately, whenever she's in an animated movie, it's always garbage. Um, because she's also in Fox and the Hound too, and that one is one of the worst sequels to a movie I've ever seen. Um, and then as, uh, the character who we're gonna have for our dinosaur facts, Wild Arms, we have Damon Wayans. So we have a Wayans brother in this. Which one is he? Damon? Okay, one sec. I'll pull him up for you so that you get a face with a name. Um, basically... It's another case of they take a black actor and put him with a shitty character in these <laughs> series, which just frustrates the hell out of well, me. Well, we know racism is a reoccurring thing. Yeah, with there's him. Damon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so face with name for you. And he's he's Wild Arms? He is Wild Arms, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and this one, uh, and so that we have our... Uh, cast rounded out for grandpa Longneck, he is now voiced by tone deaf alumnus barry bostwick do you remember what barry bostwick was in the name it's i remember the name bostwick it wasn't a movie that i liked well movie musical it's based on a musical help me out a little bit more he jumps to the left Oh, he takes oh, a step oh, to the right. Oh, oh, oh. He'll put his hands on his hips. Oh, 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 oh. Damn it, you, Janet. You, uh, you, um, 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 you, yeah. Don't, don't you say anything. <laughs> don't you say anything. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yes, he is Brad in Rocky Horror Picture Show in the okay. movie. Um. This one is not going to be directed by Charles Grosvenor. Um, instead, it's directed by Davis Doy, and it began production back in 2014. Michael Tevera comes back to compose, but I didn't find anyone's names as lyricist and composer for such memorable songs as the one that made me want to throw something at the TV when I first saw this during my knee surgery. I appreciate you not. <laughs> the song... Hot and stinky. Is that's a, where we're at. Is it a bathroom song? It's pretty much a song that's a fart joke. So you know, it's a fart joke set to music. Fuck that song. Hot and stinky, huh? Yeah. It, the, how far we have fallen. And you know, it was a steep drop pretty quickly and it's con it's it's yeah it has gone subterranean <laughs> and uh on a positive note this movie has some uh accurate representations of our theropod dinosaurs i mean so the carnotaurus makes an appearance and it's cool because they give him uh armor like osteoderms which granted the only ceratosaurid dinosaur that we have uh which ceratosaurids are uh, what leads to abilosaurs, which is what Carnotaurus is. The only one that we have osteoderms preserved for is ceratosaurus, and it's only a line down the back, and we don't know if it anchored, like, spines or something, That, but basically they were just for display, but whatever. They, they put those on this Carnotaurus, but they fucked up his horns, and they also fuck up his arms, which 
Like So one step forward, two steps back. I, I get I get that nobody wants to take Carnotaurus seriously with those arms. <laughs> with the little flipper with nubs. With the little flipper nubs that were pretty much for display, so this dinosaur's just doing jazz hands because <laughs> like there's not much muscle but they have like full I just full I, motion. I just love <laughs> The way that they have their arms like Carnotaurus, just because they, they feel like they're going backwards, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like he's trying to like do the torpedo thing, but yeah. not torpedo, not not yeah. putting his legs and head in the torpedo position, but the arms are ready to go. Yeah, and in this, they have his arms are going to be pronated like all the other sharp teeth when it's kind of like, well, ceratosauroid dinosaurs. Their whole thing, like, while they were formidable carnivores that lasted to the end of the non-avian dinosaurs, their whole thing was display, including their arms. Like, don't, just do it right. But they do fix some things. They have a heavily heavily feathered therizinosaurid dinosaur, which is wild arms. And then we have some featherhead sharp teeth, which sounds great, but they call them Allosaurus, even though they look suspiciously more like Uteranus or Monolophosaurus. Okay. And Monolo... Anyway, basically they call it one dinosaur, but it does not look like that dinosaur at all. Um, like the, the... Based on the mono something, so the one lump dinosaur? Kind of like uh, how Dilophosaurus has the double crest, Monolophosaurus has one crest in so the one, center. one crest lizard. Yeah, yeah, one crest lizard. So... Look at uh, me paleontology this is the first one since the first movie where i've seen something regarding deleted scenes and in this case it's in more detail so lynn hunter storyboarder for this one answered a question uh that was posed by someone on the gang of five net land before time forum which charmingly is still active like as of this past week (laughs) i i actually really like that because i a, I'm old and I miss forums, but B, there's a community. They, they still exist, Kay. Yes, but, like, I miss active forums because a lot of forums for the things that I'm into or that I work on either are inactive or are run by seedy individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been hanging out? Places where there shouldn't be seating individuals. <laughs> but, um, it, I don't know. It was really charming to see that there is still an active forum for something that has been around since we were kids. And, like, new people get into it and they get into, like, how do we improve it and stuff. Because there's, like, a fan fiction scene in there and fan art. and oh, four times? Yeah. Yeah, it was adorable to go in there. And, like, fan fictionism, like, hey, let's make new episodes that are better. And let's make new plot points for movies that would have been better. And, <laughs> They're going, can we fix this? Can we salvage and, this? And, like, they... Granted, I don't think that they come at it at the same way, but just that's sort of the... So there's a lot less fucks said? There's no fucks said. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's, it's you know, all it, I think that... A lot of the folks on there are probably, I, I don't know, I didn't check through the forum. I just saw it and saw that there were recent posts and was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I I just, I sit here and go, you know, for all that we rag on these, there is a 
fan base for this and i appreciate that because <laughs> this doesn't this series doesn't hurt anybody really like even the things that we find problems with it could be worse it could be a lot worse and so i think that that's great that there's this forum that's still active and i probably would have been on it when i was a kid had i not been internet phobic at the time because i didn't get into being active on the internet until i was like 17 because <laughs> i was afraid of forums and usenet groups and stuff because yeah anyway so um this the storyboard was asked uh, about deleted scenes about the process of making these movies and if there were any other films coming out and lynn said hey nice to know there are land before time fans out there it's a bit difficult to go into detail on the story end of production. With most feature films and animation, there are tons of changes from the beginning to the ending of the project. Often, there are entire sequences that are worked on for many months, then totally rejected. For example, I did one sequence where Littlefoot and Ducky run into an old rib cage to escape from some allosauruses, and it goes bouncing down a hill like a barrel. I and several of the other storyboard artists working on that sequence did a numerous versions of it, how many I can't even guess but quite a number. In the end, it was totally cut. There are many like that. In features, storyboard, or in features storyboard artists are often used to produce the original visual ideas, then once they are worked into a rough animatic, the director and producer decide whether or not they are working in the overall story of the film. The basic through line of Littlefoot and company go in search of his father and save his life never changes, but the events to get there and the number of them alter dramatically throughout the process. As to what other scenes I had a hand in, probably a fifth, fifth of them before the entire film was completed. This was because as the film was continued to be polished, each storyboard artist on staff would work on whatever scene needed changes as they became available. Since in animation, the artists actually create the work, it can sometimes be an almost an assembly line process. We all have to be able to draw backgrounds, props, and all the characters in the movie and act them out so that the animators can make take a scene or sequence at a time and hook it all together and make a comprehensive film. On this film, there are about 10 initial board artists and five staff who are part of that initial 10 who worked on the film. As to future Land Before Time films, I'm sure there will be more, but I'm not sure when. Universal MCA makes a great deal of money on them with little outlay. The problem is always that animation is always the stepchild in entertainment. Live action will always be greenlit before animation. Most producers would prefer to be in charge of live action project because of the larger budgets and status. Oddly enough, animation usually makes good money in the long run, but those in charge don't get the credit for it. The marketing departments do. Also, animation artists are temporary workers. We rarely work for a studio for longer than the extent of the project. When the studio is done with the project, they are done with the artists. They lay us off and just hire up a new, bat a new batch when they are ready for the new picture. So the likelihood that I or anyone else that worked on this production will work on the next is not high. In the long run, it is always a pleasure to be part of a franchise that has such, such staying power as Land Before Time. I get to consider myself one of the thousands that have had a hand in its continuation and creation. It is also wonderful that so many millions of people continue to enjoy it. I would suggest, if you do wish to see another, send snail mail request to Universal Animation. Something in paper with a physical stamp on it can have a lot of power as a vote of what you would like to see from them. 
All the best to you and the other fans, Lynn Hunter. I, so Lynn Hunter, I know you're listening. I would like to apologize (laughs) for my harshness over the course of this series, uh, because I have some new perspective on the poor guys, gals, and non-binary pals who work on these, Mm -hmm. and the fact that it is always a revolving door Mm -hmm. uh, explains some things, and it is that way because... Fuck you, Universal Animation, you pieces of shit, for not giving a shit about the projects and having, like, a dedicated crew who can, you know, have a cohesive world Mm -hmm. that has things that carry over and they Mm -hmm. don't step on their own dicks every single time they're trying to make a movie. So, fuck Universal is where we're getting at. Fuck Universal. We have learned in the course of our journey through tone deaf in general, fuck Universal. Mm-hmm. Because they've done a, they've done a number of uh, yeah. slights against my psyche. Yeah, because you know what could have been twenty nineteen in December, but wasn't. Wicked. Oh, Do you know right. what we got instead? Cats. We we got fuck Universal. Universal. <laughs> I know you're listening. We've been hard on you, but you know what? It's tough love. It's tough love, because did you hear that? Did you hear that? That you could have a cohesive story if you treated your product better. Because that's what you see animation as, as a product. It's it's a product, and I get that. I get that. You know, capitalism. We all have to do a capitalism here in America. But you know what? You can do better than this, Universal. I know that you can do better than this. I do. I really do. I I believe in you, Universal. You know what? Land Before Time 15, you can do that. You can do Land Before Time 15, but what I want you to do, what I want you to do is to sit down and give a shit. Give a shit about your artists, especially. Give a shit about your storyboarders. Give a shit about your scriptwriters. Give a shit about the audience. I know that it's tempting. I know it's tempting to just look at the bottom line and go, well, how much money is this going to make me? But you know what? I believe in you, Universal. I do. Because you've done some pretty artistic things in the past. The first Land Before Time was fucking brilliant. It was amazing. You can recapture that. You can do it. Anyway. Well said, Kay. Uh, Much better than what I would say, because it could be used against me in a court of law. Um... (laughs) So thank you for that. I have to be measured, so that's that's my lot in life. So with the the behind-the-scenes stuff out of the way, how about some final dinosaur facts? All right. This week, we are looking at the character that Damon Wayans will be voicing. In the film, he's, he's called Wild Arms. In reality, he's Nothronicus. And super fun fact, he was discovered in part by Utah's state paleontologist Jim Kirkland. Nice. Good job, Jim. Yeah. Uh, he and Doug Wolf found this Therizinosaur in 2001 in the Zuni district of New Mexico. 
named for the long claws that look like giant sloth claws, and the man who owned the land that he was found on, Nothronychus mckinleyi was the first therizinosaur to be found on the North American continent. Oh. Yes, uh, with another more complete specimen of another species from the same genus being found in Utah at Tropic Shale in 2009. Like other therizinosaurs, this is going to be a pot-bellied, long-necked murder bird whose <laughs> long claws were probably used more for intimidation, protection, and grabbing the huge amounts of vegetation that it would shovel into its face every day. They were about 14 feet long, weighed about 1,800 pounds, and had 30-centimeter claws. Their tails were a little shorter, but flexible. But what's really interesting about this was that their heads were preserved, so that they actually had a brain case for this dinosaur. That's cool. Yeah, it's really uh, difficult to get such well-preserved specimens, and especially to be able to look at what the brains of these animals would have been. Um, looking at this, they found that they retained the more ancestral hearing of predatory theropods, and could probably hear lower frequencies with the possibility of infras infrasound. So, like, super low frequencies, like elephants and stuff. Uh, extrapolating further, they found that they probably lived in social groups based on the cochlear length of the ears and <laughs> other stuff like that. Uh, the study itself is really cool. It's called A Reevaluation of the Basicranial Soft Tissues and Pneumaticity of Therizinosaurian Nothronychus mckinleyi. Theropoda Manoraptor by David K. Smith. But I don't want to make our listeners just want to switch off. Uh, so I'll just say Nothronychus was a cool North American social danger goose that eats plants and definitely was covered in feathers. And they do that with this. They have a feathered Therizinosaur. The only issue in the movie is they don't give him big claws because that they, would make him look scary. They had an impressive cochlear length. They did have an impressive cochlear length. Might be cochlear, actually, because cochlear implant, and I said cochlear, and I don't... It's so you, been a week. <laughs> so you're not cock clear? I'm not cock clear. On the cochlear? God. <laughs> Words Jesus. are fun. Words <laughs> are fun. Anyway, Warren, it's been a journey. Yeah. Would you like to go adventuring one more time? Oh, well, we and have go to. go watch... Land Before Time 14, Journey of the Brave. We have to go adventuring, adventuring, adventuring. We have, we have to, to go adventuring to so watch the journey of the brave. So the condors don't eat our eyeballs. Will there be some shitty songs or maybe stuff that is real wrong? Probably it's real, real strong in my head <laughs> i want to go adventuring too all right let's 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 do this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our Patreon sponsors? It is! Woo! We would like to thank our stage crew sponsors, Jeff, Reagan, and Jasmine Wu. And our producer circle sponsors, Jesse, Bianucci, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Hi! I'm Sunny Hepburn. And I'm Brandy Fleets. And we're from Book, Book of Lies. Lies. 
the podcast, where we discuss liars, cheats, and thieves, scammers, and dirty, rotten scoundrels. You can tune in for new episodes every Tuesday to hear about another lowdown, dirty liar, and learn how to spot them. So that's Book of Lies Podcast. You can connect with us on social media, Twitter at Book of Lies Pod, Facebook, and Instagram at Book of Lies Podcast. Bye! And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. done we're almost done hit me with it baby how did you feel Uh, about this movie uh, the status quo has been maintained 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 in that uh there's some good there's some bad there's a lot of mediocre Mm -hmm. and that's uh that sums up my book report on this it yeah i mean i don't think this number 14 is not the worst film. No, it it's is not. It's not the worst of them. Is it the best? No. No. Does it does it have some okay parts? Yeah. Does mm-hmm. it have a lot of mediocrity? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It, could it have benefited from some more rewrites? Probably. But I, I, now I feel really bad about criticizing it after listening to how just it's... I blame Universal. I blame yeah. Universal 100%. Absolutely. Everybody else working on this is a beautiful, wonderful angel who I want to give loving kisses to their genitals, uh, mostly to make amends for how rude I've been over the course of this series. So I will make amends by giving tender, loving kisses on their primates. Um. Well, you know, I'm not going to force them. It's just those who want it, yes. Uh, but to anybody in charge at Universal, uh, go fuck yourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they do that on a big pile of money while being like, the bottom line, oh, the mm-hmm. bottom line. Okay, uh, enough enough uh, uh, horrible, horrible things. Let's get into some other mediocre things. Um mm-hmm. Ten years have passed since movie 13, and we get a 3D Earth intro with some alright animation and a new narrator who was like, Hey, this was a long time ago, and a long time ago, things were uncertain, like big lizards fighting and stuff. (laughs) Oh, and there's this little guy with little feet. We're going to give some exposition about him and that he lives with his grandparents because his mommy is dead. But that's okay because he met his daddy. But it's not okay because his daddy is the leader of a big migrating herd who, for some reason, can't live in the Great Valley. So this little guy with his little feet had to tell his big daddy that his big feet Tell his big daddy and his big feet that he's staying with his old grandparents and their old feet. But since his dad walks around a lot with his big feet, he comes back to the Great Valley once a year. And this little guy with his little feet looks forward to it every year. (laughs) And that was movie 10. Yeah, and that's the setup for this is that he just baby steps is super excited every year that his dad is going to come back. 
And what makes me laugh about that, too, is they've established that this is a reoccurring thing. Mm-hmm. So at least, at least one year has passed yeah. in this movie's own canon. Mm-hmm. Why are they still the same size? Because no, because Universal Studios is a bunch of cowards. Is a bunch of cowards who don't want to deal with ontogeny of dinosaurs. That's why they don't. That's why even with the newest Jurassic World stuff, you don't see like Blue having babies or anything, or like Blue getting much older. Let Blue fuck. Let Blue fuck. <laughs> she has earned it. She had to deal with Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. After the narrator, we see Ruby playing hide-and-seek with Chomper, who's being all big and scary. They're like, hey, Baby Steps, do you want to play? And Baby Steps is like, nope, I'm going to see my dad. (laughs) And we hear from Topsy, who is like, Sarah's down at the swimming hole. (laughs) Except not like that. Well, I only I have an, I only have so many voices. Sarah's down at the swimming pool. Please try to ignore the fact that I am not John Ingle. I'm a different voice actor now. <laughs> Sarah's down at the swimming hole, which is also the watering hole, cause we swim, drink, and shit in the same place, cause we're godless, filthy animals. <laughs> you, that was a really good Louis. <laughs> Was that Louis Armstrong? <laughs> Sing It's a Wonderful World. It's a wonderful world <laughs> in the land before time. Uh, <laughs> anyways, baby. <laughs> I guess I accidentally did something right. <laughs> oh. If only I could be that good when I tried. <laughs> All right, listeners. Maybe I should just do every episode like this instead. Since Kay seems to really get a kick out of it. Oh, the land before time. Ba, ba, ba. There's this... Little guy with little feet, and he thinks tree stars are a tree. <laughs> oh, I better stop. Oh, I hurt. <laughs> okay, okay. So, anyways, baby step start singing. Hey, hey, hey! Today is the day. And all the kids are singing about how today is the day that they're each doing something because, like, Ducky has siblings that are hatching and Sarah's going to hit a rock and Petrie <laughs> is flying. But all these pale in comparison to the importance of Baby Steps, who gets to see his dad. <gasps> Anyways, Ducky's siblings hatch and get introduced to their older members of the baby gang and immediately go to swim slash practice drowning. Anyways... <laughs> Jeepa and Jima Big Steps show up and we see yet more changed voice actors. Well, oh. hear more changed voice actors. Yeah. You don't really see changed voice actors because no. voices can't be seen and, unless you're looking at wave files like we are currently. And Miriam Flynn is back as Mama Longneck or Grandma Longneck because she's been with us since uh, the fifth movie. But She's effectively immortal. <laughs> the... 
the sound of Barry. I'm sorry, Barry Bostwick. I'm so sorry, but it just... He really doesn't sound like... That was the most jarring. (laughs) I would agree. Well, that's the thing, too, is that uh, uh, Topsy... Topsy's doesn't sound quite right because, of course, it's a different human being with different Mm -hmm. vocal cords. Uh, But, yeah, G-Paw Big Steps really sounds different. I feel like... I feel like it would have been better if Bostwick would have been trying to sound old instead yeah. of sounding like he's as old as Braun. Yeah, that's that's the thing. <laughs> is that they sound the same age. They sound like they're peers and not a generational difference. <laughs> it was so jarring. It really is. So <laughs> Baby Steps and G-Paw uh, see the wandering herd show up, but Jack Braun is missing from the head of the herd. And G-Paw's like, I'm sure everything is fine. <laughs> cries the unknown feather-headed pecker face, <laughs> and Baby Steps goes down to hear about the exposition. Wild Arms is the aforementioned feather-headed pecker face, and he tells the Great Valley denizens about the fire mountain spitting fire and the shaking ground shaking, and how Jack Braun died so bravely in a fiery death. And Baby Steps is like, No, I got to go save my dad. Surely someone will help me. And everyone just blinks and is like, uh, we don't want to die like your super dead crispy dad. <laughs> and Baby Steps gets sad and goes to the highest peak to look at the smoldering mountain in the distance. His friends show up to give their condolences about his super dead and probably crispy dad. <laughs> but Baby Steps is like, my dad is not dead. I'm going to venture across all the dangers to find him. And Baby Steps sets out and quickly runs into his friends who were like, Oh, come on. How many suicide missions have we all been on together? We're going with you. <laughs> Let's do it one more time, little foot. All right, all right, gang. You know, you know what we're going to face out there. There's going to be some sharp teeth. There's, there's going to be some hot lava. There's going to be the need to knock a tree over to be a bridge because we do that in every movie. So... Come on, kids. Let's get together. Maybe what we can do is we can reenact a scene from the first movie to make people go, Oh, I remember that. (laughs) We're gonna gonna try and tug on that nostalgia factor. That's big money in that nostalgia factor. I mean, it's been ten years between movies and people still give a shit, apparently. (laughs) So... (laughs) Uh, it we... went from grizzled old. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time getting too old for this shit. To I don't know. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> we get a shot of the baby gang walking and walking and walking, changing different scenery until they can't walk any further because of a chasm. Baby Steps tells the gang to use the tried and true default solution to any chasm problem. Knocking down a tree to use as a bridge, which they do, because that's what they always do. I love how Sarah's drawn, though, uh, leaning against that tree, just sort of curled up in it, sitting there like, fuck this. No, I'm not doing it. And then Littlefoot's trying to push it, and she's just, fine. (laughs) (laughs) The gang crosses the chasm and enter the sprawling desert environment full of beautiful rocky columns. But this... This is the land of the feather-headed sharp teeth. So, the baby gang know, the baby gang now knows what feathers are. 
They sure as hell didn't have a word for it in previous movies. I don't, I... Again, this is something that I would give shit to, like, the writers. But if they're constantly always getting a new batch of people to work mm-hmm. on every one of these films and there's nobody hanging on you know there's nobody to there's no keeper of the continuity there's no keeper of the chronicles to ensure that certain things are maintained Mm -hmm. across the films it's like no wonder assholes like me make fun of these movies (laughs) because the other assholes who get paid way more than i'll ever make are not giving a shit i almost want to blame charles grosner for the first set of them like you hear that charles you hear that grosner and, and maybe a little bit blaming of davis doy for not oh, looking grosner and doy oh previous God, movies to figure out which words they do not have words for <laughs> and have to invent a word for i think that there's a certain amount of uh it's for kids yeah they just kind of shrug it me. you know which it just if you don't give a shit about it why should we give a shit about it mm-hmm. okay anyways yes so yeah (laughs) the gang heads down into the desert wasteland the gang comes to a stinky pool and fag is grubbing down on stinkweed and everybody is like ew fucking gross fag and ducky bless her heart sings a hot and stinky song and baby steps gets the idea to have them all roll around in the stinkweed to help cover up their smell from the sharp teeth i really 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 hated that song mm-hmm. i don't know why we needed the hot and stinky song we did not need the hot and stinky song it was horrible it, i <laughs> i fucking hate that song hot and stinky stinky and hot i i it was not needed it is a fart joke in a song in a series that mm-hmm. has never relied on that. Oh, you can you can bet your sweet black ass that whenever I need to go take a dump now, I'm going to say, be right back, baby. I got to make a hot and stinky. No. <laughs> hot and stinky. Stinky and I hot. Just, I just... Like, no wonder when I was looking through stuff in, in my cursory research, I did not find a lyricist name. <laughs> Because nobody wants to claim it. I right? don't know if it was uh, the folks from the ori- from the rest of these movies or not. And they just were like, nah, I'm going to Alan Smith this yeah, or it's, something. It's, it's or like if... a Bill, Murph, uh, Bill Murray leaving his name off the Garfield movie. Yeah, like I just... Just like, I don't, I don't need this on my IMDb. I'm I, good. I, I would like to have a career after this. There, a, the wait, song was not needed. Wait, you... You're the one? You're the person who did the hot and stinky song? We have to have you, said no one ever. Fuck, like, (laughs) I I don't... uh, uh, There's so much, it's not needed. It immediately gets like... it, It doesn't really pay off, other than for them to have it later not work because they fall in water, which... Did you not think this through? And also, also, <laughs> also, 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 I, I kind of feel like it's a, and this is also the case with the stinkweed in the fifth movie. I don't think that that works with predatory dinosaurs. It might mask the smell, but if you're out in the desert and you're smelling that traveling, 
you're going to be a little curious as to why that smell is traveling. Well, it's like what we talked about before, that the predators are around dead, rotting carcasses and fecal matter because when you kill something, it voids its bowels. Mm. So smells are not a deterrent. Yeah. Necessarily. And and when you're smelling like that and it's in a landscape like a arid desert, I think that that's just going to bring them closer being like, what is that? I think if anything, they're going to be like, ooh, is that a carcass? Yeah. Ooh, a yeah. carcass we can eat. Like, because they even have like the stink lines on it. That was the thing that made me go, come on, movies. <laughs> you have literally never oh, oh, done oh, stink lines. Oh, and we need to talk about that. How they have all the different stock sound effects. Like yeah. the like the yeah. head shaking, the what? Like yeah. stuff like that. And like the, like just like. like The coconut sound. For like falling. Like, yeah, they, they, they had so many of like these really cheap generic sound effects that we haven't heard in any of the previous ones no and and they really did not fit yeah and so between that and between the stink lines on the because like they're they're literal brownish green stink lines coming up from the swamp that they're getting the weeds in Mm -hmm. just so much stuff that you know it's universal was like this is what kids like Kids are dumb. They won't care. It's been 10 years. A whole new generation. Yeah, and uh, it just, it, I also am someone who does not, I am, I am lame and fart humor is like some of my least favorite humor. And so having a whole song that's essentially a fart joke made me just go, are you fucking kidding me? In a series where it never happens, like, if it had been Ren and Stimpy or something, fine, whatever. That's what that show is. That If I want to listen to that or see that, I will go directly to a show that I know has it. So, well, you see, Kay, uh, fart humor is the uh, uh, child-appropriate version of the more sophisticated adult dick humor. True, true. So, yes. And, and it's another thing, like, I don't expect people to come to us for I- intellectual discussions about musical theater sans dick jokes if they want intellectual stuff with dick jokes they come to us otherwise they go to any of the much more sophisticated musical theater podcasts. well see (laughs) the issue is is that you if you wanted to have one of those podcasts you would talk to somebody else who understands musical theater you would not have drafted your plebeian husband who is tone deaf and knows nothing and is just three dick jokes in a trench coat. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing, is that with The Land Before Time, you don't expect fart jokes. You really you don't, go to necessarily? Diff- like, when I would expect it from Lion King more, because they joke about that with Pumbaa in the first movie. Yeah, they do. So I'd be like, oh, there's a fart joke in a Lion King thing. Fine. They've established that that is the kind of humor but that they handle we get. it. they handle it more they tastefully. They do handle it more They handle it more, and it's 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 just overall better yeah they they do it in a smart way in this it's like haha hot and stinky we don't know what we're doing and yeah we're putting fart jokes in a media that doesn't in in a franchise that doesn't ever rely on that they rely on different humor and it is really jarring to suddenly have that in a franchise that never used it before i'm sure there was some flaccid-minded universal executive somewhere who was like well the chart says yeah and like i agree 
fart jokes are the kid version of dick jokes, and I will agree with that. I don't know why I like dick jokes more. I mean, and well, never and never liked fart jokes as a kid, really. The gang, all hot and stinky, uh, mm, head God. into the sharp teeth area and see some fluffy dinos with fluffy mullets. And uh, I applaud them for putting feathers on dinos that would have had feathers. But why did they give them feathery sideburn mullets and make them look like creepy fryer tucks? And jury's still out on Allosaurus. I just, they look really, really, mm-hmm. really weird. Yeah. I, the, the, the way that they, uh, just, why did they go with that feathery style? Well, Was it that they couldn't make them look cool? They were like, we gotta make them look I don't know, because this sounds really, really weird. I got the feeling that they, because of the way that they did the feathering, you know, it looks like hair. It looks yeah. like hair on their heads. Yeah. And it, I felt like they made the sharp teeth look like child predators going after. I mean, they are. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they they made them look like dinosaur versions of guys you wouldn't let anywhere near your kids. And they are child predators, so literally. That, they are predating the... on children. Mm, yeah, but, but... They also kind of shrink-wrapped them with the feathers, because if you noticed, they're supposed to be feathered all the way down to their legs. They look like they're feathered down their knees. Yeah, and but then when you look at their legs, they're shrink-wrapped. Mm. And it's like... that. I think I was too focused on their weird heads. Yeah, they, they don't know how feathers work. <laughs> And <laughs> Color I me surprised. feel like more people that are doing paleo, because I love feathers on dinosaurs. I do. But I feel like if you're going to put them on dinosaurs, you need to figure out how they work before you put them on dinosaurs so that you know where and how to feather. Because even pro, it, like if you were to do it as proto feathers, look at emus. Yeah. Or look at silky chickens. Sure. Look at things like that. If you're trying to do a more sleek styled, birds in general don't shrink wrap even with their sleek feathers. Mm-hmm. It's it's puffy. Part That's... of the puffiness is to help keep them insulated so yeah. it keeps cool air inside. Yeah. yeah, which is what they think the purpose of feathers originally was, was insulation and a little bit of display because feathers look great. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Let me come in characters design, y'all. Let me do that for movie 15. You know, my brain just stopped at let me come in characters. Because dick jokes. But, um, anyways. That's that's how people feel about (laughs) Space Jam with Lola. Ugh. Ugh. Just, okay. Anyways, the baby gang is able to... Bunny boobies. Yeah, see, I don't want to see that movie because the rabbit's tits aren't big enough. I just... (laughs) I, I hate... I hate so many people on the internet and Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. Anyways, the baby gang is able to sneak past the sharp teeth and find themselves a watering hole where they get a big old drink. Thag starts to nibble on his disguise and Baby Steps tries to stop Thag from eating his disguise. But the tussle makes him fall into the water and the rest of the gang is like, I want to go swimming! And they all jump into the water and they wash off all their stinkweed, which makes the sharp teeth that they previously evaded smell them and track them down. A chase ensues and the baby gang hides in a crevice. The sharp teeth force their way through the crevice and the chase continues. 
the baby gang scales a steep slope by channeling their inner Skyrim horse. <laughs> and the gang gets to the top and find it to be a dead end of a cliff. But then there are some vines laying about, and Baby Steps gets the idea to pull the old Hoff Empire Strikes Back at at Snowspeeder Toe Cable Trickum trick. And they murder one of the Sharptooth via gravity. Then they knock a bunch of rocks onto the other Sharptooth and make him run away. Good job, kids. After standing their we ground. The guy. <laughs> Yay! After standing their ground all over the Sharptooth, the baby gang sees that they're closer to the Smoky Mountain, and they set out yet again. Back at the Great Valley, Jeepa and Jima Big Steps get a surprise visit from Chomper and Ruby, who are like, Hey, did the others go on a suicide mission without us? And Jima and Jeepa are like, Oh shit, did they? We haven't seen them. And Chomper and Ruby are like, those leaf-eating bastards, I thought we were friends. Don't they want to face certain death with us by their side? <laughs> Back at the suicide bunch, they're walking and walking, and they're tired from all the running that they did earlier, and decide to take a nap in the desert. Back at the Great Valley, the adults are like, I guess we had better get that feather-headed pecker face to show us the way to Fire Mountain. <laughs> Wild Arms just complains and complains about being forced to lead Grandpa, Big Steps, and Topsy to their into certain death. Have you guys looked at my hands? They are supposed to have giant claws. What am I supposed to do with these without these giant claws? I'm a completely defenseless animal now. Hit him with your pecker face. I'm completely defenseless now. Hit him if with I your had pecker big face. Claw, big claws, I'd be fine. Kick him. Kick him and hit him with your pecker face. <laughs> Chomper and Ruby get discovered as the stowaway followers that they are, and Wild Arms freaks out about seeing a sharp tooth. Whoa! And when Chomper gives him a big old grin, Wild Arms faints. Topsy yeets Wild Arms onto his back, and Chomper bloodhounds his way forward with the others following him. I, I can find him with my sniffer. I do love that, though, with Chomper sniffing out things, and I meant to say it more in the TV series, but it's something I really enjoy because it's a nod to the fact that T-Rex had the best sense of smell of any living yeah, or they, of any animal that's lived that they theorized because of the massive olfactory caverns that yeah probably, yeah probably had an incredibly good sense of smell and i fucking love that that they at least bring that in for and, chomper and that also plays into that they think that t-rex may have also largely scavenged because yeah. smelling Which, rotting corpses they keep waffling on that i don't know what it is i mean now, and at the same but... time with the with the with the strongest bite force of any dinosaur that implies crushing bones, so T-Rex might have just chewed up bones to get, like, the marrow, too. Maybe. I mean, I'm, it doesn't mean that he that T-Rex could not have hunted. Mm -hmm. uh, T-Rex probably was more ambush because of how big T-Rex was. Yeah. But at the same time, if you have other dinosaurs who have made a kill, and a T-Rex mm -hmm. comes in and can chase them off their kill... Yeah. I mean... I think I saw something, too, where they think that juveniles hunted with adults. And... Yeah, that, that it was possible that the juvenile would flush the prey towards the yeah. adults. Yeah. Especially because uh, younger Rexes basically outcompeted anything like Allosaurids and stuff in the Northern Hemisphere, which is why you get more diversity in large theropods in the Southern Hemisphere because there weren't Tyrannosaurids in the Southern Hemisphere as much as in the Northern I wonder if that excavation crew will find any dinosaur bones. If so, that would be fucking awesome, and we would get so much money. 
I'd be down with that. The next day, the baby... The state has to pay. <laughs> the next day, the baby gang continues on the march, but they're all hungry and thirsty, and Baby Steps decides to climb a big rock to get a better view. Instead of telling Petrie to, like, you know, fly yeah. up and take a look, Baby Steps is able to see Fire Mountain from his perch, and the rest of the baby gang starts climbing up to ledge to take a good look with Baby Steps. And I freaking call it that the ledge is going to collapse from the weight of all the dinos and that they will sled down the side of the mountain on a piece of rock. My hell. And the movie bends to my will and does just that. <laughs> the gang slides down the mountain on their accidental toboggan and eventually they stop. Sarah blames Baby Steps for the predictable, predictable outcome of all of them crowding on a ledge and fuck you, movie. Anyways, Baby Steps and Sarah have it out in front of the rest of the gang, and Baby Steps is like, I'd be better off alone! And Baby Steps splits off from the rest of the gang, and Sarah takes Thag, Ducky, and Petrie with her to take the alternate route. It's like the first movie! <laughs> yeah! Yay! Yep, Baby Steps stomps off and sings about being better off alone. The Better Off Alone song ends, and Baby Steps is alone and uh a sandstorm rolls in and baby steps is like sand cloud but if you'll remember dear listeners they don't have a word for cloud they're sky puffies fucking hell so this sand sky puffy makes everything difficult for baby steps and the b team baby steps is able to find a cave and seek shelter from the storm and runs into not Dolly Parton. I can't remember her name. <laughs> Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre. But in, <laughs> but in pterodactyl form. Dolly Parton is the only well-known uh, country singer. Female country. Actually, yeah, female country singer that I know. And uh, so no offense to Reba McIntyre. Uh, she does a great job. But uh, she's not Dolly Parton. Uh, back at the B team. They all got buried by the sandstorm, but they're not dead. Except Petrie, who uh, got blown away. And Sarah begrudgingly is like, Gah, I guess we have to go find the flappy little pecker. And Ducky questions Sarah's sense of direction. And Sarah is like, Look at me! I'm the leader now. We jump to... <laughs> we jump to Petrie, who is shivering in fear, I guess? Far yeah. away from the others. But Petrie's not alone. He's surrounded by diggers. But they look like compies with puppy eyes and tongues. So they're com puppies. And the com Maybe they're supposed to be Erectodremus, but I doubt that they... I don't think that they were found to be digging dinosaurs by that point. Okay. They're com puppies. Com puppies? Com okay. puppies. Okay, they're com puppies. So the com puppies see uh seem to worship petrie because he knocked fruit off a tree by accident and since he can fly he can do it more but this time intentionally and the calm puppies cheer petrie's name over and over again <laughs> back at baby steps we learned the name of not dolly parton her name is etta and after her and baby steps exchange pleasantries the cave collapses and now is blocked off by rock Enjoy your new tomb! You're about to find out that Etta is a meat-eater. <laughs> I get that pterosaurs are charismatic. Like, they're a dinosaur that... Well, they're lizards. They're not a dinosaur. They're an archosaur. They're an archosaur that everybody knows well. They're a well-known archosaur. Yeah. And they really want to have them be included in, like, the heroic roster. But they're fucking carnivores. Yeah. They are carnivores. Yeah. 
maybe they wouldn't necessarily eat theropods or not sauropods, but they would be eating like ducky and they would yeah. be scavenging corpses. And granted, they'd mostly be eating fish. Yeah. But they're meat eaters. Yeah. So none of this, hey, we can be friends and speak the same language. It, it boggles my mind. <laughs> it boggles my mind. And it's, it's a bit of uh, stuff that I kind of hate about a lot of movies that carnivore bad herbivore good Mm -hmm. all the time and it's like carnivore gotta eat too yeah carnivore gotta eat too like like, if you it's the whole balance thing if you didn't have carnivores the herbivores would literally eat all of the green and mm -hmm. then they would starve to death look at yellowstone (laughs) anyways we cut back to the b team where sarah leads the group in a circle and they find their own footprints Sarah tries to be all, maybe I meant to do that, ducky. Hmm. But the moment is cut short by the calm puppies who encircle Sarah and are like, we'll feed her to dear leader. And then the pup, then Petrie descends with a wig and is like, I'm God King now. (laughs) Sarah mocks him, but then the calm puppies display their devotion to dear leader (laughs) by being like, Petrie. Petrie! Petrie! <sighs> the B-team catches up with Petrie, who decides to leave his new tribe and help rejoin the search for Littlefoot, or big baby steps, and the calm puppies are sad. <laughs> that is, until they see a parasaur knock some fruit down off a tree, and they decide to crown him their new leader. Petrie is quickly forgotten. <laughs> and there's like this whole sad scene with them being like don't go uh-huh. petrie's like i have to me order you to smile yeah they were frowning and their lips were quivering he's like i order you to not be sad and then they have like sad eyes but happy faces mm-hmm. back at the entombed duo baby steps is like i'm sad without my friends and trapped in a cave with a weirdo named etta and etta is like <clears throat> and etta is like I'm a weirdo named Etta. Hey, do you know Jack Braun? And Etta tells about how she was at Fire Mountain when shit hit the fan. And she talks about how brave and selfless Jack Braun is, was, was, is, might still be. <laughs> and Baby Steps is like, that's my dad. Was, was my dad. Was, is my dad. Might still be my dad. <laughs> and Etta is like, cheer up. I'm a professional singer. I'll sing a well-sung song for you to give you inspiration to go on. And it's actually a decent song. Yeah. It's well-sung, decent lyrics. Again, this is an example of how when they give a shit about something, they Mm -hmm. do a good job. Mm -hmm. So we all looked... So the song is about looking for the light in dark situations. So we all look for the light and we found it in this song. But this one good (laughs) moment is over too quickly, and we're back to the stupid, stupid, stupid movie. I do like the line that Etta has about her sister. She she talks about her sister a lot, because little Baby Steps is weird, and she's like, You're weird, like my sister, who stuck her head inside of a sharp tooth's mouth. But you can't ask her about it, because she stuck her head inside of a sharp tooth's mouth. Yeah, it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Yep. (laughs) That's a fucking dark joke for this series. (laughs) Etta and Baby Steps continue walking deeper and deeper into the cave that has magic light crystals. Baby Steps is like, huh, water in the cave. If water is finding a way in, it must be getting out, or the cave would be filled with water. We can follow the water out of the cave. And they set out. 
Back at the B team, they're walking and finding some tracks, and then they have to run for their lives from a Carnotaurus that is uh. all not right. Just wrong. Wrong horns, wrong arms, just not right. Anyways, the Carnotaurus chases <laughs> the B team and traps them. Baby Steps and Etta can hear the screaming of the B-team as they're about to be eaten. <laughs> Anyways, Baby Steps tells Etta to go up there and get his friends. And she does! And the baby gang escapes the hungry maw of the angry car nope. My that, hell. that sounded better in my head when I was typing I it. I love you. Sarah, I love you. Sarah and Baby Steps make up and the gang reunites. They decide to jump into the water and just... Go with the flow, haha. <laughs> then they find more underground glowing crystals and mushrooms, and the gang has a good time floating on the lazy underground river. And Spike eats one of the mushrooms, he trips fucking balls. <laughs> I wish. I, I wish. wish that had happened. That would be he great. He does eat a mushroom, but he, nothing comes of it. He does eat one of the green glowing mushrooms. And they're floating along on the underground lazy river until they realize that uh, the river's heading for a waterfall and uh, possible death. But they can't get away from it, so they all just go over the waterfall, but they just laugh and laugh and giggle and splash, because the writers don't know or care that waterfalls are dangerous. As fuck. Like, Tons of water it's, descending it's not splash with gravity. Mountain, it's Yeah, it's... Waterfalls will kill you. Anyways, everyone is fine after their ride at Splash Mountain. <laughs> the gang makes it to Mordor. I mean, Mount Doom. I mean, the Blasted Lands. I mean, Fire Mountain. Where Etta directs Baby Steps to where she last saw Jack Braun. And uh, he's on a slab of rock surrounded by lava. And would be cooked, like super duper cooked. But mm -hmm. the gang rushes down to be like, We're here to save you. Fred Flintstone would have been over there like, oh boy. Yeah, he's like, a whole rack of brontosaurus ribs. <laughs> and But Jack Braun is like, oh, thank you so much for coming to save me, but uh, I'm afraid you've come to watch me die. There is nothing, nothing you can do to save me. <gasps> Back at Chomper and his entourage, they run into the Carnopatorus. <laughs> Carnoptorus. Who is like T-Rex-sized? But they're able to hide from it. Back at the baby gang, they start to hatch a plan. Baby Steps has Sarah move a, a rock holding some water, and the gang gets a tree, because that's their go-to move. The water solidifies the lava, and they roll the tree across it and use it as a lever to pry the rock off of Jack Ron's foot. It. Yeah, it really does. It's one, another one of those situations where it's like you try not to get too mad at the impossibility of it, because mm. anybody who knows anything about lava knows that like it's still molten underneath, mm -hmm. and the surface would still be hot enough to cook flesh, mm -hmm. even if it is solid, mm -hmm. and the crust would not be sturdy enough to support anybody walking on it. Yep. You'd be burning your feet and your legs and it just, and it, yeah, that, that tree that they rolled down would have broken right through the crust and mm -hmm. just burst into flames. Yep. But no, it, they basically made a highway out of like an asphalt yeah. highway out of that thing. Anyways. So yeah, they roll a tree across the lava, the the solidified lava and use it as a as a pry bar to pry the rock off Jack Braun, mm -hmm. and they free him. Yay! Petrie is on lookout and he tells them, "Ma, the lava is flowing again." 
Jack Braun scoops all the kids up and puts them on his head, and he jumps across the gap, and they're safe. Chomper and his gang reunite with Baby Steps and his gang, and everyone is happy! The reunited gang sets back off to the Great Valley, and the narrator is like, Baby Steps found something he didn't know he was looking for. The realization that he and his friends will be together forever and ever till the end of their days in the Great Valley. In the land Land before before time. time. Like, they they legit drop that title twice in this movie. Yep. And so that's how it ends. They rescue Jack Braun and... We have Jack Braun and... uh... Barry Bostwick talking to each other, and you go, wow, you're the same age. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> At least vocally. I would say I would wager the, the, yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's, it's not that great of a no. uh, Lab Before Time movie. I would say the best part is Reba McIntyre yeah, singing. absolutely. Uh, that is the best part, because yeah, mm-hmm. her song is pretty decent and she's a good vocalist yep and uh you know the animation in this one i would say considering that it's been 10 years between this one and the last film mm-hmm. it doesn't look like there's been that much improvement in the animation no if anything i would say that for the expanse of time that has happened the animation is probably cheaper mm-hmm. than uh it was on movie 13 because it's 2d animation and no one gives a fuck anymore and uh they have all the stock sound effects that Mm -hmm. are just not fit in this type of thing they have basically have like tom and jerry yeah it it is the hanna barbera yeah sound library that they use it really is it really bothers me it just it isn't it isn't fitting so yes it's not as bad as another movie that will not be named (laughs) but like with regard to the sound effects but it is again it's it's it's, it's stepping it's stepping on that road it's it's it's, yeah yeah, it's similar to my complaints about the hot and stinky song is that it in hot and stinky stinky and and they even decide to close out the end credits with that song um pardon but it it's not even it's it's in the same vein of my complaint with that where the franchise has some established rules and established um, tones, and this movie felt like a departure from the established tone. Agreed. Because yeah. even the TV series kept the tone of the yeah yeah of I, the sequels. I think at least. the TV series, the TV series had a better sense of continuity mm-hmm. than any of the movies do. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, as odd as it is, the TV series might be... Oh, God, this is painful to say. The TV series might be better than a majority of the movies. I agree. Wow, that I agree. Hurts. It does hurt. It hurts a lot. Oof. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Okay, the... Whew. Ooh, the realization is just hitting me that we're done. We're, we're, <laughs> we're done. We're, okay. oh, no. Fuck. What? no, why? What, what do they want? We, we did it. We did we the did thing. It. We finished. We're done.
Oh. What? So, um, you know how we had some time in between some episodes? We were we were moving domiciles. Yeah, they don't think that it was one sec. I tried to explain. Good news, right? Ish. Good, Good news, news, right? Ish. We don't have any more land before time that we can cover, but they are not taking... Basically, human laws don't apply to the Condor gods. Um, so to keep our eyes from being pecked out, we have to report to them with our findings and what we learned and rate these movies. So we have a week to do that. Mm, and then we're done, right? And then we're done. We're, and then done, we're done. But we have For to sure. do that. I want, I, can they write? Can they sign a contract? Can we have it in writing? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> No, no, because human, human laws don't matter to them. And human laws don't matter to the Condor gods. But we, but we have their, their deity word. We have their deity word, and also we get to keep our eyes. Oh, and that should be enough. Fine. Okay, okay, we're, we're, we're solid, so... Next week, uh, we do a recap of the entire Land Before Time series. What we've learned, what we feel about it, which movie was best, which movie sucked the most, all that shit. So next week, the final recap of the Land Before Time series. Where we started, where we ended. Yay. Yay. So... Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you're still subscribed to us, I really, really appreciate it because I want to unsubscribe to us. <laughs> um, but after after next week, uh, we get to go to Annie, and I'm so excited because we're going to be doing an Annie Smackdown. I'll get my gun. Different Annie. <laughs> So if you would like to reach out to Kay and myself, you can do so at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to all of our social medias, our Twitters, our Facebooks, our Instagrams, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I love you. And your, your, your support and your mental love has, has been has been keeping me going so so thank you wonderful listeners if you want to support and show your love in a non-mental way you can do so by going to itunes stitcher Podchaser, wherever you can review podcasts and give us a five-star review you can say anything 
you can say maybe you should have been teaching Hawaiian crows how to play Fortnite because you wouldn't be in this mess because crows don't mind violent video games. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and this happened in twenty twenty. Um, if you want to go above and beyond, you can go to our Patreon, which is Tone Deaf Musical. There we have multiple options to donate. Uh, you get bonus episodes you can get your name read on the show you can have us read you a special message on the show uh all sorts of stuff like that you can also go to our tea public for a tangible way of showing your love with t-shirts mugs hoodies stickers and masks um anyway thank you all again so much for listening that'll be it for this week i'm Kay. i'm warren and this has been tone, tone deaf. deaf so they're gonna fix that hole right fix that hole, right? Human laws don't apply to condor gods. Uh, I hate the line before time now. I'm sorry. I didn't use to, but that was because I avoided it, but now I hate it. I'm so sorry. Like love never dies. My love for the line before time will dwindle and die. <laughs>